And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we lived by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, Envying one another. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I was working with this morning's text from Galatians, week before last, I heard Paul saying to me, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. And I wanted, in that moment of reading that, I wanted to be full of that freedom. To stand in it and not go back to the slavery of seeking to justify my own behavior. Or to say, Lord, you know, at least I'm better than so-and-so. That's a no-win proposition. I wanted to be full of the freedom that causes us to willfully and joyfully be obedient to Christ's commands. And then, it really happened, I thought of seeing an engorged tick on the neck of a dog. Any of y'all ever seen that? Some of you have. That was back before we had those little collars and stuff. I mean, they would get about the size of a nickel, right? If you didn't pick them off. 
And as crazy as this may sound, when it comes to the freedom that Christ gives us, that tent was popped into my mind. I wanted to be as full of that freedom as that tick is of the dog's blood. To nearly about to burst. I wanted to be as free as a tick. Haven't you ever heard somebody sit back and say, I'm full as a tick? Y'all with me on this? I know that's a crazy analogy, but it's going to show up again, so I need to make sure you're following me. Listen, I was working two weeks ahead. It's the best I could do. But I've thought about a time when I once experienced a group of people who were free as ticks. And I don't think I could ever be expressive enough to convey how my heart was moved that day. It truly was an overwhelming experience. There's no other word for it. That day I realized the depth of what we mean when we say that we are free in Christ versus all that we are taught in this world. The most common notion of freedom is that we get to decide what we do, right? But that's not Christian freedom and it's not really freedom at all. The idea that we are self-determined is just being subject to our own will. That I do must do what I want to do. And Paul tells us that without Christ, that we're subject and enslaved to sin and death. Which means that without Christ, if we choose to live for our own will, then we are living out of the desires of the flesh. Paul doesn't say that to say that our body is bad and our spirit is good. But rather, he points out to us that the things that our flesh desires when we are without Christ are unholy and damaging and damning and destroy us. And he tells us what those things are. He says they're idolatry, sorcery, envy, jealousy. He's not setting the idea of flesh apart for us to say that material things are bad and spiritual things are good. Rather, He's calling us to recognize that there's a freedom available to us in Christ that is not available to us when we are committed only to doing what we want to do when we serve the desires of our flesh. What some refer to as the fallen, sinful, human Christian freedom, it could be, is our being conformed to the image of Christ through Holy Spirit-centered living instead of self-centered living. That's what it means to be set free in Christ. To no longer live for ourselves. And I saw that in a place that I didn't expect to see it on August 10th of 2007 as I was standing in the center of a mountaintop prison in Nicaragua. Dr. Robert Smoke, who had a family practice in Orangeburg, South Carolina, had invited me to go on a mission trip. He said he'd pay for it if I would go, and I'm, a kind of, I'm one of those if it's free, it's me kind of people, you know? Plus, I like helping people. So I agreed to go. 
And we boarded an airplane on August 5th bound for Nicaragua on a medical mission trip. The team had nurses, surgeons, a primary care physician, a pharmacist, a bank accountant, and one pastor, and a couple other people that I couldn't remember what they did. And on the last day that we were doing mission work, we were supposed to go to a prison in the mountains. Now, I had hoped not to be a pastor on that trip. I just wanted to be a regular member of the team and run a shovel like everybody else or do whatever everybody else was doing. To kind of hide in that trip and have a break from being the official religious person in the room. And then on the first meeting, when the primary leader heard that I was a pastor, she decided I would be the spiritual director for the trip. So whether I wanted to or not, I was going to Nicaragua as a pastor to a group of missionaries. And we had visited several villages, including one that had never seen a white person from America, ever. The team, we treated all kinds of stuff. Performed light surgery and wormed, I bet, 600 children. The evening before we were to go to the mountaintop prison, we were briefed on what we would see there. The horrible things that some of the people there had done. There were some who had committed murders in the drug trade here in the United States. And the evening we were supposed, before we were supposed to go there, the woman who was serving as our host sat down next to me. I had been a pastor for two years. I did not know what I was doing. But this woman sat down next to me and said, before we leave the prison tomorrow, you are going to preach. And I said, huh? <laughs> I normally like to have a healthy amount of preparation time before I get in front of people and open my mouth. I want to mull the text over, read a commentary or two, look into the original Greek and see if I can learn something about the nuances of the author's meaning. I want to have some deep sense of what the text means so that it will just erupt out me when I open my mouth and I don't have to count on my wisdom but the Holy Spirit. I want to be prepared and have prayed the text. But I didn't have a chance to do any of that. All I got was the opportunity to show up and love Jesus in front of a bunch of people that from the descriptions I had heard might prefer to kill me as to listen to me. And she said to me, you were going to preach. Huh? And look, I said, I don't speak Spanish. But she was insistent. She said, oh, no, 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 you are going to preach. And with a facial expression that communicated to me that she was not making a suggestion. I can remember my mother looking at me like that once in a while. But what she was doing was acknowledging who the others had said I was. She was acknowledging who God had called me to be 
and saying that I was going to be true to my own freedom in Christ. Which is to preach. Not to do what I wanted to do, which was to go there and watch. I was comfortable at that prison holding people, praying with them, and giving them Tootsie Rolls. I didn't really want to preach to them. But our host had become an instrument of God, commanding me to use my freedom in Christ in the only proper way for me to use it, which was to open my mouth and praise Christ in a prison. So I was suddenly nervous. And I got to thinking about what I would want to hear if I was stuck in the kind of place that they had described to us. And I probably was a little scared. And I just didn't know what I was about to experience. The depth of freedom that I was about to see in those people's lives. And I got to thinking, what in the world can I say to this group of people that would give them hope? And I remembered having read in Ephesians 1 from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. Some of y'all might have a copy of that. This is what Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. It occurred to me that if I were in a place like the prison that had been described to me and there was no chance I was ever going to leave, I would want to hear about the freedom in Christ that is quoted in Ephesians and in the text from Galatians that I read earlier. I would want to hear that Christ has set me free no matter what circumstance I may be in. I hope that I never forget in front of that mass of prisoners. They were so crammed under that pole shed that it was hard to see their individual faces. On a muddy hillside, in a place that looked abandoned and forlorn. And I told those people that Christ could offer them true freedom no matter how long they were to be imprisoned in that place. They were infected with bug bites like you wouldn't believe, sores all over them. The doctors and surgeons had And after all of that, the officials gathered all of them under this pole shed and they stood this preacher and his host in front of them. And all of a sudden, I was overwhelmed by how wrong I was, think I was in thinking that it would be hard to relate to them. Because after all, without Christ, we are all imprisoned. And so I started preaching. 
I would say a sentence and the host would translate my words to them. And we went on like that and something happened that I would never expected. I would say something in English. She would say it in Spanish and they go, ah! And I looked at her and I wanted to ask, are you saying what I'm saying? <laughs> but what they were hearing was that they were free. Because of their faith in Christ. And I could see that face smeared across the emotions of these people. And it was truly overwhelming. That prison, that for the previous four or five hours had been a place of sadness, exploded with joy. People that had no visible reason to be happy began shouting with joy on their faces that would rival that of any six-year-old on a Christmas morning. I realized that what I was witnessing was a people celebrating the purest freedom there is. Despite their circumstances, if they were in Christ, they were already free. No matter what the prison guard or the judge or the court system may have said, if they were in Christ, they were free. And they stood shoulder to shoulder, arms holding up one another, crying, some of them yelling, and they celebrated Christ, and I realized that they were celebrating their freedom in a deep way that I might not have never experienced until that moment. And then I knew that I was truly free in Christ because I had agreed to use my freedom for Christ. If I had refused, I would have been imprisoned to my own will and my own desire to not be inconvenienced or be made a fool of. But God took my foolishness and turned it into joy. Real freedom is not being able to live however you want. Real freedom is being Christ's person wherever you are, in whatever circumstance you find yourself. Even if it's a seedy, horrible prison on a mountaintop in Nicaragua. I was wrong to think that the preacher and the translator would be the only free people in that pole shed. It was full of people who were free. I walked in there at July 4, 1776, put my flag on the front deck, kind of freedom-thinking person, and realized I didn't have a clue. These people who couldn't leave, who couldn't go anywhere, they were truly free. And I watched them in their freedom in Christ love their neighbor hold up their brothers, kiss one another's on the cheek, and shout with joy. 
And it was astounding. I was reminded of Moses saying to the people that when Moses went to get the people out of Egypt, he didn't say to Pharaoh, let my people go so they can do whatever they want to. He said that God said, let my people go so that they can serve me. And that's the same thing that Paul is telling us today. Christ has let us go from sin and death. He has freed us from the clutches of sin and death and everything that would inhibit us from loving Him fully and celebrating what He has done to the fullest of serving Him and being His slave and person in the world. That a change of masters has come. Christian freedom has come. And when we stop living for ourselves and live for Christ and our neighbor, then, then and only then are we truly free. So Paul tells us to live by the Spirit. To stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Not to live for the things that our flesh desires but to live for the things that God would produce in us. And then He tells us what they are. He's calling us to leave behind the slavery of self-will. The slavery of self-identification that makes horrible things possible. And instead, to take up the only freedom that matters on that hilltop in Nicaragua to be free from sin, to be free from hurt, to be free from guilt, to be free to love and live for Christ. And I saw a hill full of rapists, drug dealers, murderers, and thieves moved by the Gospel. And that freedom, dear ones, was shouted to the ceiling of the sky. And all I could think to say to them at that point as I closed my sermon, and the only thing I can really remember that I said to them was, I will see you again at the feet of Christ. Because it was clear that these people were as full of the freedom of Christ as a dog tick in August is full of the blood of a dog. And that freedom had burst forth from them in raw emotion and hope and tears and laughter. It was truly an amazing experience. Those fruits of the Holy Spirit that Paul told us about those are the marks of true freedom in our lives. Not having or doing whatever we want. But these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and safe control and self-control, these are the things, dear ones, that come from being enslaved to Christ. And being enslaved to Christ is our only hope for true freedom.
And the only thing that stands between us and that freedom is repenting of our sin, putting our faith in Jesus Christ, and following Him. And I realized in that mountain prison that I would rather be a slave to Christ in that prison than to be comfortable and satisfied with my life here, living however I wanted. That is true freedom. I wonder if you would grab your hymnal and turn with me to page 8. I want to offer us the opportunity to confess and repent to ask for that same freedom. That's the freedom I truly want and the freedom that I hope you want. To be free, to be joyful, obedient to the Lord. I want my whole being to be filled to bursting with that freedom, to be free as a tick. If you want the same, dear one, then I invite you to join me in confessing your sins. We will use the prayer of confession at the top of the page. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken Your law. We have rebelled against Your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Dear ones, may you be filled to bursting with the freedom and love of Christ as you have been freed from joyful obedience. Leave this place to walk in step with the Holy Spirit and serve the risen Christ in everything you do. Amen.